Amen. If you take your Bibles, please, and turn to Galatians chapter 3 tonight here. Galatians chapter 3. And uh, Bible study tonight here, a very important Bible study here on this wonderful book of Galatians. This um, Magna Carta of the Christian faith, some people have called it. This great charter of Christian liberty. This, this book that deals with the subject that salvation is all by grace. We looked at chapter 1, several, chapter, several messages in chapter 1, and we talked about being born free. We looked at chapter 2 and we talked about freedom's fight. There's some things worth fighting for. And now we're on chapter 3 and our title for chapter 3 is Bewitched. And uh, we get that from verse number 1 of chapter 3. O foolish Galatians, who hath bewitched you? The only time you find that word, it's the word has the idea of being hypnotized. And I've been watching a lot of uh, World War II documentaries just even just last night, as a matter of fact, some Congressional Medal of Honor winner stuff and... and uh, I was thinking of the, the Nazis, whether we're talking about Nazis and Adolf Hitler or we're talking about Japan and the Japanese Empire and uh, how these people just were almost hypnotized. They were fascinated by these smart Germans, supposedly these smart German people. They, they ha Hitler, uh, they, 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 they just bowed the knee to this guy and they, they bought his lies and they bought his, and that's a whole nation, 56 million of them. And then, of course, over in Japan, the same thing with the emperor. I mean, they, 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 the boys and girls say they, they bewitched them. Communism does that, by the way. And uh, AOC in our Congress, is. Uh, I, we were talking a little bit about her. Uh, she's got a following of 70% 70, uh, 70 of her district, of course, uh, was all for her. And they're voting for her, thinking that socialism is going to, uh, is the, the nirvana, and it's going to take care of our life, and we're going to free everything. And it's... And, and it's hypnotic. It's, 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 they're being bewitched. They're being lied to. And with that said, there's millions upon millions of people. I just experienced it an hour and a half ago. Of people that uh, grow up in religion, especially Christian religion. And they automatically think they're a Christian because they believe in Jesus. And they believe that and they're trying to be good. And they believe in the golden rule and all those wonderful things. And why wouldn't Jesus accept them as they are? And, uh, and they, of course, they've received him, but they really haven't received him. They never called upon Christ to save them. You must be born again. You must have a punctiliar point in time where you receive Christ as your Savior. And let's begin our uh, pick up, rather, for the third message, I believe it is now, on chapter 3. We'll pick up on verse number uh, 7. We only got to verse number 6. We only did one verse last week in verse number 6. Even as Abraham believed God, it was accounted unto him for righteousness. Verse 7 through 14, we'll read these and we'll, we'll keep our tradition. Let's read responsibly. I'll let you remain seated tonight here. Let's read verses 7 and you read the odd numbered verses with me to verse, or even numbered verses to verse 14. Know ye therefore that they which are of faith, the same are the children of Abraham. And the scripture foreseeing that God would justify the heathen through faith, preached before the gospel unto Abraham, saying, in thee shall all nations be blessed. So then they which be of faith are blessed with faithful Abraham. For as many as are under the works of the law are under the curse. For it is written, Cursed is every one that continueth not in all things which are written in the book of the law to do them. But that no man is justified by the law in the sight of God... It is evident, for the just shall live by faith. And the law is not of faith, but the man that doeth them shall live in them. 
Christ hath redeemed us from the curse of the law, being made a curse for us. For it is written, Cursed is everyone that hangeth on a tree, that the blessing of Abraham might come on the Gentiles through Jesus Christ, that we might through the promise of the Spirit through faith. Uh, pardon me, I messed up that last. We might receive the promise of the Spirit through faith. And I want you to notice in just a way of review as we look at our worksheet again, at the top of the, we looked at the subject and we're, we're buttressing the truth that eternal security is important. And we're giving three arguments that prove salvation is by faith in Christ alone without the works of the law. We spent a whole message on the personal arguments, verses 1 through 5. We won't review those for time's sake tonight here. And we only got to uh, Roman numeral 2 last, last Wednesday, the scriptural arguments. We only got to six Old Testament passages of scripture that are given in these next eight verses or so from the Old Testament that are alluded to or referenced in arguments why salvation is all by grace alone through Christ and that you cannot lose it. It's all by faith. We got to just number one last week. Abraham was saved by faith, and it was accounted unto him, Genesis 15, 6, and it's reiterated in verse 6 here in our Galatians 3, for righteousness. So he was, it was imputed righteousness. And then we got off on a on purposeful rabbit trail last week, and we talked about circumcision. And I want to pick up there before we move forward here, take one more minute. Abraham was circumcised either... 14 years or 24 years after, the Bible says that he was, Abraham believed God and it was counted unto him for righteousness. So Abraham was righteous, but he wasn't circumcised, right? But then we get to fast forward, and we fast forward to some uh, 1,500 plus years, and we get to Acts 1, 15, 1, no turn there, but I'm just refreshing your memory. There are certain Judaizers that the primitive church, the first church of Jerusalem, they said, except you be circumcised, you cannot be saved. And I made the parallel. There's many people that, and I, I talked about covenant theology. I won't embarrass you. I mean, many of you were sprinkled or baptized or christened as a child in one church or another. You had a, when I meet people like that, I always say, I don't deny that they got baptized because they, they got, it was a church baptism. Now what they don't know, what I don't say because I don't want to be offensive, is you might have had a nice church baptism, but you didn't have a Bible baptism. You had a, and there's many people that would get offended by that, because you understand that in covenant theology, and I'm trying to do this very quickly here, but I want to explain to you, in covenant theology, they make a leap. They make a, they, they cross over, they go in the Old Testament, the Jewish boys were to be circumcised on what day was it? Eighth day. Right out of the gate, within one number of new beginnings is number eight. They were to be circumcised on that eighth day. Not the seventh day, not the ninth day. By the way, David's boy was Bathsheba. He died on what day? Do you remember? Seventh. The Bible tells us he died on the seventh. That's the re reason why we... Why we, uh, we, we that Bible puts that in, I believe, is because he didn't make it to the eighth day. But David said, uh, he shall not come to me, but I shall go to him. Some people believe, and I don't want to get go down this rabbit trail too far, there are many people, many different variants of belief in covenant theology. Some people believe that if you were not baptized as a child, and you were to die, 
the original sin is not covered, and you go to hell. Now we could talk about it. I don't want to get off on to, I just had this debate with, a, with somebody just yesterday, as a matter of fact. You we were talking about babies about going to heaven. And I believe they're safe in the arms of Jesus, but that's, that's for another day, another time. But here's the parallel. We get to the New Testament, and we get to Reformed theology, i.e. 15th century, and Reformation, Reformed theology, and then it was developed theology. And somehow we make the, the jump, the great jump, that the way that we are sealed or we are uh, people of the covenant, the Jews, they had to get circumcised, but us Christians, we got to get baptized. That makes total sense, right? I'm being facetious. They make that, that leap. And that's why one reason why Acts 8.37, let's not turn there, let's, let me... Acts 37 is in the King James Bible. It's not in the NIV Bible. It's not in the RSV Bible. It's not there. It's gone. Because if you're a Protestant of one sort or another, or Episcopalian, you don't believe that in order to get baptized, you've got to call upon the name of the Lord Jesus Christ to save you. You get baptized as a baby. Babies get baptized, and they can't call upon Christ. But, but Acts 8, 37 says, If thou believest with all thine heart, if you pick up the original NIV, New International Version, it goes from verses 36 to verse 38. There is no 37, it's gone. Now they have a note, and it's at the very bottom in about font 6 print, you know, at the very bottom. Some ancient manuscripts have verse, and they, they give you verse 37 at the bottom of the Bible. Why do they really do that? This is Marty Schott's strong opinion. They need to sell Bibles to people that don't believe, uh, believe in, uh, that baptism is a sacrament or baptism is a part of salvation. Now, I don't know if you're catching the parallel, but I'm trying to say there's a parallel between the, the idea of the Jews that you've got to be circumcised to be saved. How many people think that you've got to be baptized, christened, to be saved, to be a child of God? See, a lot of people think that. And it's wrong. No. We're going to find out salvation is by faith alone. So let's move forward. With that said, enough said. For, and I don't, hopefully I haven't confused you, but there's whole denominations that are built on this doctrine, this false doctrine of of a covenant baptism needed at birth in order to wash away original sins. We get to verse 8 for time's sake. Let's move forward to verse number 7. Second argument on scriptural argument on that salvation is all by grace alone through faith and nothing more, nothing less. Know ye, know ye, know ye, I'm emphasizing on purpose in case you haven't figured it out. He wants us to know this. Know ye therefore... Conclusion, based on verse number 6, that Abraham believed God and was accounted, imputed to him for righteousness. Know ye therefore that they which are of faith, the same are the children of Abraham. Now let's dissect that for a minute here. They which are by faith. As far as I know, I don't have one ounce of Jewish blood in me. Except for the blood of my Savior. <laughs> And, uh, but I, I don't have any Jewish lineage at all. My educated guess is neither does anybody in this room. You're all, I'm, I'm, I'm having a little bit of fun with you tonight here. You're all Gentile dogs like I'm a Gentile dog. Remember the Syrophoenician woman who came to Jesus and said, Master, you know, she, she, she was begging for healing. And the Lord said, it's not meat. It's not proper for the master to throw his meat to dogs or give uh, bread to dogs. 
color dog. It's, enough said. But, but, but here in verse number 7, he's saying, Know ye therefore that they which are of faith, us Gentile dogs, this low, uh, us low lives, us sinners saved by grace, we are the same as faithful Abraham. You know, uh, so let's fill in the blank. This salvation is for the, Jew, for the Gentiles, number two. Now, we're going to look at verse number nine here in just a minute, but this is for the Gentiles. We, and I just want to run this little sidebar, because we have Christians fall into this, this trap. I used to say there's only one thing better than being a Christian, and that would be being a Jewish Christian. I don't say that anymore. I haven't said that for years. Because I got to thinking about it. I'm just as saved. I'm just as filled with the Spirit of God. I'm just as in the family of God as any Jew Jewish person that ever lived. They don't have one thing on me. And I used to think we have Christians, and this is, we're, we're going to have John, John uh, uh, Gibson with us here in a couple of weeks here. He won't be preaching for us, but he'll be coming in. He pastors Shalom Baptist Church in, in, in uh, Queens, New York. A Jewish Baptist church. Uh, wow. Think about that. Jew and a Baptist. Man, you got it all, got it all going for you. <laughs> no, and there's some, you know, like, some people feel like, man, if I could only be on the in the jet set, the cool crowd, the Abrahamic crowd. I am in the Abrahamic crowd. And here's, here's, here's even better. Abraham gets to join my crowd. See, see, the, there's, you've heard of Jews for Jesus, by the way. You've heard of the different groups and there's different Jewish believers, and I've met a number of them over the years. They're sweet. Everyone I've ever met, I think, has been a sweet brother or sister in Christ that I can think of. And some of them are right on in their doctrine, and others are not. When they forsake the Gentile assembly of believers, they're doing wrong. They're doing wrong. Now, John Gibson, just for the record, just so you understand, he's down in a pocket of a place where, where there's all Jews. And so he's trying to minister specifically to them, but he's got a lot of Gentiles there. I understand he's got Japanese people in his church as well, and uh, you know, some, even some white folk, you know, were, you know. And so, but we are just as, know ye therefore, that we, those, those that are of faith are the same as the children of Abraham. And so we get to verse number eight, and let me not belabor the point. And the scripture, foreseeing that God, this verse is really rich, by the way, they're all rich, deep. The scripture foreseeing that God would justify the heathen through faith preached before the gospel unto Abraham. Now, by the way, what is the word gospel? Do you know the Greek word, first of all? I'm trying to educate you here. What's the Greek word? Everybody, you all, hey, this is Wednesday night Bible crowd. You should know this answer already. Everybody in this room should know this. If you don't, my bad, I haven't taught you yet. The word gospel, what's the word for gospel in the Greek language? Take a chance. Anybody know? Well, okay, well, yeah, that's what it means. That's, that's, that's what it means. Now, okay, the teacher has failed. Let me tell you what the word gospel is in the, in the Greek language. Are you ready? It's really eongelion. You say, I never heard that one. It's evangelion. It's uh, now let's English, anglicize it. Evangelisti, evangelisti, evangelical, evangelical Baptist Church, Gospel Baptist Church. The, the word comes from 
the word, the word uh, Jimmy stole my thunder. What does the word evangelion mean? It means good news. So this is good news. Abraham believed God and was counted unto him for righteousness. Now, what is the good news according to 1 Corinthians 15? The gospel. What's the gospel according to 1 Corinthians 15, verses 2 and 3? The gospel, how that Christ, what? He, it's good news that he did what for our sins? He died for our sins. It's good news that he was buried for our sins. It's good. It's even better news than all that. He died for our sins. He buried for our sins. And he rose again. See, now you're getting the good news of Jesus Christ, the gospel of Jesus Christ. But now in this context here, I want you to try to understand what I'm trying to... I told you this verse is very deep. This gospel, I asked you the question last week, and how much of the... How much of Jesus Christ did Abraham see? Did he see him die on the cross? I don't believe so. I'm just being honest with you. He, Job saw his Redeemer afar off. Now, could Christ give revelation? And did Christ give revelation to some of the Old Testament saints in regards to Christ coming to the earth and dying on the cross and being buried and rising again? I, I'm not denying he couldn't have done that. and Maybe he did do that with some people. But the idea, the concept, in our, in our simplistic the way it explains something, we say that the Old Testament saints, they were saved by looking forward to the cross. We get saved by looking backward to the cross. Nice, and maybe even a nice try, but really not that accurate, to be honest with you. Now, these verses are going to already tell us who is the person we get saved, everybody gets saved from, the same person. Help me out, it's not, it's not hard, I'm not trying to be Jesus, it's Christ, right? Abraham was saved by the work of Christ. Salvation is always by grace through faith in Christ, or faith, or they say through faith, and then not of yourselves as a gift of God, none of works. But let me give you the rest of the verses, and maybe you'll start to understand what I'm trying to tell you. So uh, we'll finish out number two here. This salvation is for the Gentiles by faith. Know ye therefore, verse 7 again, that they which are of faith, I'm of faith, I put my faith in Jesus Christ. I'm the same as faithful Abraham. For the scripture saith, and he is saved by the gospel, the good news of Abraham. It says, in thee shall all the nations be blessed. Now we go back. Where's, well, that's a reference to where? Do anybody know? And you, I know some of you know you're afraid to answer the question. But some of you know. Where, where does it say, and in thee shall uh, God promised that he would bless Abraham, and in thee shall all the nations be blessed. I will bless them that bless thee and curse them that curse thee. Where is that found at? No? Okay. The teacher, the teacher, you're not failing. The teacher is failing. So we need to go there. Genesis chapter 12. Everybody needs to know this. Next week, there's going to be a test on this, okay? I'm, I'm teasing you. Genesis chapter 12. Shh. Too late. <laughs> okay, I'm going to be in Michigan next Wednesday night, for the record, preaching for Pastor Rich next Wednesday. I'll be back. You won't. I won't I'll leave Sunday night. I'll be back Friday is the plan. I'm going to Ohio and yada, yada, yada. So there you know it. So we'll be a guest preacher to next Wednesday night. But anyhow, back to Genesis chapter 12. Uh, look what it says. Verse 1, I'll go fast, fast if I can. Now the Lord had said unto Abraham, Get thee out of thy country, 
This world is not our home, by the way. We're just passing through, right? And from thy kindred, where we have relatives that don't understand us, from thy father's house and unto a land that I will show thee. Come on out to the call out assembly, by the way. I'm getting a New Testament parallel analogy. And I will make of thee a great nation, and I will bless thee, and make thy name great, Abraham, and thou shalt be a blessing. By the way, I'll just pat myself on the back right now. I'm a blessing. You're a blessing too. Christians are blessers. We're blessings to people, whether they know it or not. When the cousin called me, I never talked to her, called me from White Oak Baptist Church twice on the phone today and said, go visit my cousin, Bill. Bill had no concept, no clue how great a great blessing it was to have Marcy, Marcia in his life. Uh, Tim, I'm looking at you right now, so you know, your work partners at, uh, don't tell me, I know where you work at. Starts with this. I can't remember. What, 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 where, where do you work at, Tim? Yeah, you. Oh, for you. <laughs> Perk and Elmer. And see, Sheldon, that's what I get. Sheldon, okay. Okay. You're a blessing to everybody you work with. You're a blesser. I'm getting, I'm getting, you know, I'm getting too off the subject here. I'm just having fun with you tonight here. But I will bless them that bless thee and curse them that curse thee. And thee shall all the nations of the world be blessed. We are blessed in so many ways because of Israel. We are blessed because of Abraham's seed. And specifically, the seed that came through Abraham is none other than who? The Lord Jesus Christ. We are blessed through Abraham's seed. Abraham believed God. Now he, by the way, when he received this faith, he, Genesis 15, 6, if you read verses 1 to 5, we see that he's promised seed through, is be through his seed, not through Hagar again, remember? Not through Ishmael. Sorry, Muslims. Sorry. But uh, it's just true. Muslims come through, Arabs come through Esau and come through Ishmael. Through Isaac, through, or through Jacob, we, we get uh, Israel, of course. And so it comes through the seed of Abraham and trickles all the way down to the, the seed, the Lord Jesus Christ, and we are part of that seed. So let me, let me give you the verses here. Here we go. Uh, or the fill in the blank then. This salvation is for the Gentiles. Of course, it's by faith like Abraham's is by, by faith. It's not by works, not by covenant. It was by faith. He followed through with the covenant because he had faith. And so let's move forward, press forward to verses 10 through 12 and try to get through this here. I want to get through all this whole thing tonight here. But verses 10 through 12, the third argument, scriptural argument for salvation being by grace alone. Verse number 10. I guess I didn't read 9. So then they which be of faith are blessed with faithful Abraham, kind of uh, reiteration of verse number seven. Verse number 10, for as many as are under the works of the law are under the what? Curse. So let's pick on our Jewish friends. Probably none of us have real Jewish friends, I don't think, but those, uh, those, let's go to the, 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 the real hardcore fundamentalist 
uh, right-wingers, the Hasidics and the Orthodox Jews, the ones that all wear all the black, get the beanies on, they got the little twirly the guys, you know what I'm talking about. Ladies are always in dresses, they go, they're very religious, they're, they keep the Shabbat, they keep the Sabbath. You've seen them, you go to West Hartford, you see them all the time. And they live, and they live better than most, most of us Gentiles ever thought about living. They live in nice houses, they work hard, they, they don't go into debt, they got a lot of redeeming qualities. They're doctors, nurses, lawyers, uh, uh, CPAs, and all the, they're, they're the high echelon, they're scientists, they're biochemists, they're, you know they're, they're what they are, they're, they're sharp people. And all their life, they're under the law. All their life, there's works righteousness. It's Wednesday night, you just be blunt, and you're going to die and go to hell. The vast majority of them. I mean, if they're not saved, they're going to die and go to hell. Why? They're, they're under the curse. Curses, can, everyone that continued on in all the things of the law, James 2, was it 2.10, 2, it just put, uh, whosoever should keep the whole law and yet offend in one point, he's what? Guilty of all. The idea, you want to put yourself under the law? You want to try to get to heaven by good works, by your works righteousness? To use Marty Schott's slang, good luck on that one. You ain't going to make it. To use some southern slang, Tim, Tim Butler. <laughs> I'm having too much fun tonight. I got to start to preach here. Uh, look at verse number 10. For as many as are under the works of the law are under the curse, for it is cur- written, cursed is everyone that continues not in all things which are written in the book of the law to do them. Let's fill in the blank here, first of all. Salvation is always by faith, not by the law. I mean, how simple can this be? And yet it's so hard for so many people. Oh, I've got I've to go to church. I've got to do the sacraments. I've got to... I've got to perform, I've got to do this, I've got to do that, I've got to, you know, all the works righteousness that people do to go to heaven or think they're going to earn their right to heaven. Verse number 11. But then no man, what part of no man don't you understand? No man is justified by the law in the sight of God. How dare you Interpose your righteousness, your self-righteousness, which Isaiah the prophet said are as filthy rags, in the place of God's righteousness, his imputed righteousness from his son. How dare you think? I gave the illustration last Wednesday. I know it confused people, but I gave this, the testimony last Wednesday. It's not too far for me to, to, it's a stretch for me, I admit. My son-in-law, Jonathan, got saved a week and a half ago. He's 32 years old. Wait a minute, I baptized him. Wait a minute, he grew up in church every day of his, Sunday morning, Sunday night, Wednesday night, almost his entire life. Wait a minute, he's a good dad. He's a good husband, I think. (laughs) He is. Uh, He's a good lot of different things, but he, he, all his life, he goes to church all the time, and we were working down there, I don't know, I'm getting too, too many stories, I'm telling too many stories here. The bottom line is, he needed to be saved. His righteousness was not in the fact that he goes to church or he reads his Bible or he has family devotions or he uh, does all the nice things that he does or he's a good man, he doesn't smoke, he doesn't drink, he doesn't do drugs, he doesn't yada, yada, yada. Well, he, what, what is that? That's just morality is all that is. 
We're talking about salvation. We're talking about being a new person in Christ. And so, salvation is always, you notice we italicized that word always, always by faith and not by law. The Bible says, Habakkuk 2.4, you know, you only find the word faith, I believe, two times in the Old Testament. The Bible says, as is written, the just shall live by faith, and it's quoted here. Verse number 11, for the just shall live by faith, and verse number 12, and the law is not of faith. Now, this is the interesting phrase, but the man that doeth them shall live in them. That's interesting. Uh, in fact, I want you to turn to, it's not on your worksheet, turn to Le- Leviticus. That's all right, we're going to end in time, whatever, whatever, however far we get. Leviticus 18, I want you to turn there, please. Now, I want to introduce you another concept here. I hope I'm not getting too variant with you and too crazy with you and not understanding what I'm trying to teach. But we have a problem with legalism. We have a problem with libertinism or being the libertines. And we, we, I, Marty Schott, Pastor Martin Schott of Harvest Baptist Church have been accused many probably hundreds of times, and maybe a few times where I'm, well, those hundreds of times, maybe more times than I want to admit that I've been guilty. But more times than not, I've been innocent, but I've been accused of being a legalist. And I've been picking on these crazy ties for two or three years now. You know, you know it's on my suit jacket on tonight, whatever. I'm getting tired of talking about that. Well, it'd be okay if I wore a suit jacket. I'm not a legalist. And I don't think I'm a better Christian because we have a Wednesday night service and other people don't have Wednesday night services. And I don't think we're a better church because we have Sunday night and other people don't have Sunday nights. But I just think it's a good thing to do and I think that there's, there's, there's structure involved and I think that, that, that it just helps us to grow in grace and knowledge of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. I'm not trying to be legalistic about anything. Now, with that said, the verse said back to, I asked you to turn to Leviticus 18 back in uh, verse number 12. It says, but the man that doeth them, we're not saved by the law, but the man that doeth them shall live in them. What does that mean? Well, it's talking about, look at Leviticus 18, 5 will suffice for time's sake. Ye shall therefore keep my statutes and my judgments, which if a man do... He shall live in them. I am the Lord. Now, I believe there's some statutes and judgments we should keep, but I don't believe in going out and killing a lamb on April 15th. Now, unless you want to eat good lamb, you know, gyro, for the, then you can kill a lamb, but I'd rather go buy one myself, you know, buy a gyro at Pizza Palace than kill a lamb. But my point is, we're not under the ceremonial laws. We're not even really under the statutes and judgments per se of the Old Testament, but there's some good, good parameters to live by, you know, in the Old Testament that we should apply in the New Testament. Uh, I'll give you one far out one, for example. In the Deuteronomy 22, it talks about putting a battlement or a fence around the roof of your house so nobody falls off. That's a law that you put a fence around your house, a rail around your house. Uh, you know, if you have a, if you have a porch off the second floor of your house or whatever you have, third floor, it'd probably be good if you put a, you know, the planning and zoning attorney would tell you you need to put a fence around. That's, 
But if we lived in a land with no laws, it'd still be a good idea to put a rail around your, even if it was law or no law. Pretty smart idea, right? There's some smart ideas. You know, uh, eating ceremonial laws, you know, we make, I always make fun of all the food that we're allowed to eat, you know. I like pork. You know that. You say, preacher, we know you like pork. I get it. Probably be good if I didn't like pork. You know, they call it the white meat, you know. But uh, the point is, we are not under the law. But there's some things that we do because Christ is in us that we do because it's, it's a good thing to do. It helps gives us structure in life, i.e. Wednesday night prayer meetings. Classic example. Nobody, you wouldn't be a bad Christian if we if we didn't have Wednesday night prayer meetings. Maybe we should have we should meet every night. But boy, I'd burn you guys out so fast it wouldn't be funny. I'd burn myself out so fast. We got life to live, don't we? Can't be in church every hour of the day. So anyhow, we're saved by not our performance, not our but not our, not, our, not by the law, not by our works righteousness, not by what we do, but but where we exercise our belief in and our faith is in Jesus Christ. So salvation is always by faith. Well, let's, uh, let's go back to, no, let's not go back. This, 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 I'm going to put my marker right there. We're going to end right there in two weeks from now, Lord willing, or three weeks from now, we'll pick up in verses 13 and 14. Well, let me give you number four. Just let me just read it to you, and uh, we won't even read the verses. The salvation comes exclusively through the cross. Now, that's very important, and we'll pick up that, Lord willing, in three weeks from now. Even though I can just summarize and just tell you this, and we'll pick it up for, again here soon. Where were all your sins nailed to? The cross. Did you pay for any of your sins at all? How about one of them? You paid one of them, right? Somewhere, somewhere along the line, you must have paid for. You must have did a sacrament somewhere and paid for your sin somehow, right? No, I'm being facetious. Every last one, my sin, oh, the bliss of this glorious thought, my sin, not in part, but the whole, is nailed to the cross. He took my place, a hundred percent, a thousand percent, if there's such a thing. He paid. Jesus paid it all. All to Him I owe. You see, when you get this down, it's like. How can you go to a church that believes you can fall from grace? How can you go to a church that believes that you, you, it's 99.44% Jesus and one half of 1% you? It's all of him. It's all of him. Heavenly Father, thank you for your word, Lord. Father, help us to understand these very basic truths of Christianity, but Lord, at the same time, very deep truths of Christianity. Lord, help us to be about your business, we pray. Lord, help us to share the good news of Jesus Christ, that salvation is by faith. It's found completely in the cross of Calvary. And we love you, Lord Jesus. Help us love you more. We know that you paid it all, Jesus, and all to you we owe. We pray this and ask you to bless in our moments of reflection. In Christ's name we ask, amen. Page, I think it's 90. Jesus paid it all.